How does Russian propaganda represent Ukraine? How do Russian propagandists call Ukraine? Do they call it a Nazi state? Do they call it former Ukraine? Do they call it in any other different way? You're listening to the podcast Explaining Ukraine. Explaining Ukraine is a podcast by Ukraine World, a website in English about Ukraine. My name is Vladimir Yermolenko. I'm chief editor of uh, Ukraine World. In this serious propaganda diary, we are discussing the key narratives and tactics of the Russian propaganda with regard to Ukraine and the rest of the world. My guests today are analysts at Ukraine World, Anastasia Harasimchuk and Alona Hryshko. I'm happy to continue our discussion about the Russian propaganda with them. Before we start, let me remind you that you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ukraine World. You can also support our volunteer trips to the frontline areas at paypal, ukraine.resisting.gmail.com. Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs. Okay, Alona and Nastya, thanks so much for joining this podcast again. And uh, let us discuss the topics that we actually announced. How does Russian propaganda uh, portray Ukraine? How it calls Ukraine? And uh, let's start with with the basic things, how Ukraine is presented as anti-Russia. Alona? Volodya, Ukraine is anti-Russian project. It's still accurate story that has been quite often repeated by Russian representatives, Russian president uh, on the national stage, as well as aimed to target the Western alliance, uh, trying to confirm that Ukraine is a country that has been created in accordance with the so-called plan to destroy Russian Federation. Let's Uh, me remind the uh, article which has been written by Putin on twelfth um, of uh, July twenty twenty first. It mentions onto Russia many times. Like this is the quote, step by step, Ukraine was drawn into a dangerous geopolitical game. The goal of which was to turn Ukraine into a barrier between Europe and Russia, into a foothold against Russia. Inevitably, the time has come and the concept of Ukraine is not Russia, no longer suspicious. Until Russia was needed and we will never put up with this. Before the invasion of Ukraine, Russian President Putin uh, labeled the country as anti-Russian project. So, uh, but what is like the origin of uh, this concept? Let's uh, remind the... Uh, that this idea was uh, on Vladimir Putin's historical essay on the historical unity of Russian and Ukrainians, because this text can be regarded as a theoretical justification of Russia's subsequent full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Putin outlined his worldview in which Ukraine was built up by outsiders as anti-Russian bridgehead. He repeated, labeled pro-Western Ukraine as anti-Russia, negating the country agency and blaming the West for dividing Ukraine and Russia. How many times he has been repeating this? In case if we, if he find the threat towards the Russian Federation, its so-called unity, every time when the country changed its uh, direction, decided not to go further with the Russian Federation, 
uh, Russian president uses this label like anti-Russian project. Yeah, so this is a, an attempt to deprive Ukraine uh, of its own agency, deprive Ukraine of its own culture, to say that Ukraine only exists as a tool of other countries to limit Russia, limit Russian influence uh, as an instrument, right? Object, objectification, I would say, of Ukrainian story, of Ukrainian history. And I think this is a, a very important element. It's a kind of a saying that the content of Ukraine, the sense of its existence is also only negative. There is no positive uh, positive content of its existence. It's only to deny Russia. That's the idea of Ukraine. That's what Russian propagandists are trying to persuade us. Uh, with this narrative, there is another one which is deeply connected and uh, which is uh, which we might summarize as portraying Ukraine as a puppet of the West. Uh, Nastya, what can you tell about this? Calling Ukraine a puppet of the West is a more generalized way of calling Ukraine. So we can uh, give so many examples of close to these names. So, of course, Russian propaganda calls Ukraine as a puppet of the West or the puppet of the United States of America. They uh, literally say so. They also call Ukraine as a state under the external control or the state which doesn't have uh, doesn't have any um, uh, capacity to be a state. And uh, they use such um, such word combinations and such notions in so many sources. Uh, you can find it in uh, different articles, uh, article names, uh, for example, or while journalists or experts say something about Ukraine. And I have several examples. For example, one of the most notorious Russian journalists, Sergei Mardan, he is radio host and uh, also in um, Radio Komsomolskaya Pravda in Russia. He has also his Telegram channel where he shares his political views and it's one of the most popular Telegram channels. So in January uh, this year, he told that Ukrainians will buy their teeth into their land so as not to give it to Moscow, Moscovites. And stories that they are American pu puppets no longer work. So he tries to deprive Ukraine of its... Um, capacity of being a state and he says that the Ukrainians now doesn't pay attention to the fact that they are so-called American puppets and they are just trying to hold their land and there is also there is also one example um, this thing was said by Rodion Miroshnik he uh, is a former ambassador of so-called um, Luhansk People's Republic to Moscow and in uh, one of the articles on Russia Today website, uh, he, he made a comment about Ukraine. It was in December uh, 2022, and he told, Russia does not accept a puppet state that acts as a kamikaze directing its plane in our direction. So he even doesn't mention Ukraine as a puppet. He just says a puppet state that acts against Russia. I'm interested in what you say, uh, how you quote uh, this Sergei Mardan, because it shows uh, how Russian propaganda is actually changing, right? So they initially started with this idea that Ukraine is a puppet of the West. They, of course, used this idea and uh, recent comment of Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign ministry, minister in India, where even the whole in India was not 
taking him seriously and laughed at um, at his remarks. Uh, you can find a video uh, on this in the, in the internet, in, including on our Twitter, Ukraine World. So he said that Ukraine that Russia was attacked, not that Russia has attacked Ukraine, but that Russia was attacked by the West. He meant through Ukraine and with Ukraine, with the help of Ukrainians. So this is the narrative, actually, which uh, you know helps Russia to deny its own responsibility for this war, to say that they were dragged into the war, to say that th- their war is actually defensive one and not offensive one. But interestingly, this quote of Sergei Mardan is actually, uh, you know, shows um, that Russian propagandists also evolve. And the quote is from uh, his Telegram channel on on, on January twenty three. So quite a long way to go from the the initial invasion and he says right that uh, you already quoted this that uh, ukrainians will bite their teeth into the land so they will really catch uh and they are doing actually this and well i wonder why i wonder how this actually reality that shows that ukrainians are not puppets and not going to flee away and will really fight for their land uh, is not opening the eyes of the Russian propagandists about their own narratives. Let's move on. And uh, another thing that we already discussed in uh, one of our previous episodes is the idea that uh, Russia, Russian propagandists are actually calling uh, Ukraine a former country. A f- they use a, a, a term former Ukraine, Bivsha Ukraina. They also use the term, they try to avoid calling Ukraine Ukraine, and they're trying to say that this is a former Soviet Republic. Nasty, can you elaborate on this? Russians really prefer not to give this um, this quality of being a political entity to Ukraine. That's why they are trying to uh, blur blur the existence of Ukraine by using such names really as former Russia, former Soviet Republic, former Ukraine, uh, former Russian lands, etc. So there are different varieties, but they are same, uh, they are very similar in their essence. And what is important here that um, mostly, uh, not mostly, but not only journalists, but also experts use such uh, such notions as former uh, Ukraine or former Russia um, towards Ukraine. Uh, and it's not a new story, actually. Uh, we've traced back this story to 2015. For example, Pavel Kuzinkov, he is Russian historian, historian, and he is a director of Scientific and Educational Center at the Great Mediterranean. He works in Sevastopol State University. In uh, the uh, documentary, which is called Project Ukraine, it was shot in January 2015, he told directly exactly these words. Europe needs periphery to be prosperous. Nowadays, particularly interesting becomes the project when this periphery may include the former Russia, cheap labor force and space for economic and trade expansion. This is also a price for Euro integration. That's how propagandists wanted to denigrate uh, Ukrainian Euro integration aspirations. They wanted to mock uh, at Ukraine, and uh, that's and and they didn't even say that Ukraine is a periphery or something like that. They say that it's former Russia as a periphery of the EU. In the same way, Alexei Muhin, he is a political expert, the general director of the Center for for Political Information. 
In his command to uh, the article uh, which was published in Gazeta.ru in April 2022, he told that, in fact, Russia is decolonizing its former partner in the USSR. He was um, explaining why the so-called special military operation is going on. So he says that it's decolonization of former partner of the USSR, not even Ukraine. And there is also a very interesting example. Uh, these words were said by Alexander Kotz, which is uh, one of the most famous Russian um, military correspondents. Uh, he works for Komsomolskaya Pravda. Uh, and he was talking with uh, his co-hosts, and he, uh, this host asked him a question, what is our victory? And Alexander Kotz answered, the parade on Khrushchev, the establishment of the Russian regime in Kiev, not a friendly, not a loyal regime, but the Russian regime. Uh, we need a governor general of Kyiv who will play the role of conductor of Russian policy in the territory of the former Ukraine. That's how he called Ukraine. Yes, to remind our listeners that governor general is actually the terminology from the Russian Empire of the 19th century. So we see both in Putin and in his propagandists like uh, this Alexander Kotz, that there is a, a willingness not only to restore the Soviet Union, but to come back to the Russian Empire of the 19th century, to deny even the the, the fake, the masqueraded uh, uh, statehood of that Ukraine had in the Soviet Union, right? So it, it's very important, these words, that we want not only the loyal regime, not a friendly regime, but the Russian regime. And uh, so to really to erase all the traces of the uh, what they call former Ukraine. I mean, this is this is really very, very important. This shows how how far they actually want to go. Another uh, thing that reminds me is that this concept former, this play with the former, with the idea of former, bivshi, is actually also reference to, to Stalin and to Stalinist idea that there are former people, bivshi, ludi, uh, f former human beings, those human beings that were human beings sometime in the past, but they no longer are human beings and therefore they need to be exterminated. People like uh, capitalists, people like bourgeois, people like maybe peasants, wealthy peasants, yeah, etc., etc. So we see certain continuity in this propaganda as well. Uh, another narrative is, of course, a notorious one, is, is an attempt to present Ukraine as a terrorist and Nazi state. Alona, what can we tell about this? Oh, I think we should start with the idea that Ukraine is a Nazi state, because ever since the start of Russia's full-scale invasion, and even before that, uh, uh, there were stories circulating on the internet and media sphere that many Ukrainians were uh, um, the representatives of Nazi regime. And let's remember that uh, the Nazification of Ukraine was proclaimed as one uh, of uh, the motivations for the full-scale invasion that Russia launched on 24 of February, uh, just almost a year ago. And it means that um, Russian government considered at least that uh, um, Nazi, so-called uh, Nazi settlements in Ukraine was eligible targets. Uh, and uh, that's why they tried to justify starting the war on the territory of uh, our sovereign, uh, sovereign foreign state. And um, as an example, we might... Um, 
used uh, the statement uh, that uh, was said by Vladimir Tatarsky. He is a former missionary, millionaire, journalist and blogger. Uh, that, uh, therefore, the fact that Ukraine has become anti-Russian is aimed at undermining the entire Russian Federation. Therefore, the elimination of such a terrorist enclave as Ukraine has become uh, vital for Russia. That's why it started operation uh, on such a scale. This was mentioned on, on uh, July 2022 in uh, uh, Donetsk Vremya and uh, as well as on the YouTube. So we see that... Uh, the previous narrative that Ukraine has become uh, an anti-Russian project lead to, as well can uh, be a part of uh, the general narrative that Ukraine is a terrorist, a uh, Nazi state. And that's why um, Ukraine is a threat to Russia Federation for its future development. Um, but uh, take into account the fact that uh, Ukraine... Um, uh, claim that uh, we don't want to more be part uh, anyhow under Russian influence. I think Russia just was afraid of the fact that um, this possible to lose the control over Ukraine and Ukraine uh, can become powerful country on the borders of Russian Federation. In some cases, uh, Russia need to explain why uh, they started uh, the. Um, this special military operation, why they started this war. And uh, that's why it's necessary to explain to the society in the most simply um, narratives, like Russia is defending itself. So it's time to attack the country, which is your uh, direct neighbor. And uh, I think the other one is a good example from Andrei Medvedev. He is a correspondent journalist uh, on one of the popular propagandist channels, uh, Russia uh, 1, uh, he said that uh, Ukraine is such a collective terrorist state. Uh, terrorists kill people simply because the sense of its, his existence is hazard. Ukraine is a bunch of hazard. What to do with terrorists? They are to be alienated. Uh, there are no other options. So here is the example, like trying to compare uh, the reasons of attacking and killing people. Russia tried to mirror in uh, what they are doing, what what kind of uh, war crimes they committed on the territory of Ukraine, and trying to accuse uh, Ukraine inside on what they were doing. And this is also like the there were some uh, events that uh, was. Uh, on uh, Russian uh, Federation. Uh, there was a round table called like Ukrainian terrorism, its rules and manifestations today. It was uh, on November 2022. And this was like a kind of serious event that has been held by the, CIS, uh, by the Institute for CIS countries, trying as well to pay attention to the idea that Ukraine is the country that can be a direct threat to Russian Federation. This is very interesting and very remarkable indeed that they hold a roundtable, the Institute for CIS countries. Let me remind that this is um, one of the Russian so-called research inst institutes that uh, actually whose aim was not only to study the CIS countries, which are actually another name for former Soviet Union, the Community of Independent States, SN, SNG in Russian, 
but it was also a tool to penetrate the Russian propaganda into into such countries as Ukraine and um, people like Zatulin and other other so-called Russian experts. But the idea of calling Ukraine as a terrorist state is in itself remarkable because we 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 know that Ukrainians are trying to uh, designate Russia as a terrorist state, and there were lots of resolutions done by Council of Europe, Parliamentary Assembly, done by uh, European Parliament calling Russia a terrorist state or the state supporting terrorism because there are um, signs of it, there are evidence of this when Russia shells the civilian infrastructure, when it shells the the buildings uh, of peaceful people, when it kills the green corridors. The goal of the terrorism to, is to kill uh, some number of people and to frighten everybody. This is, was also in, is also a tactics of Russian regime. But by which reason they are calling Ukraine a terrorist state, a state which is actually defending its territory, that's, uh, that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a puzzle, actually. Uh, why? What is the logic behind it? And it basically comes back to what we said in one of our previous episodes, is that these tactics of mirroring. So Ukrainians are calling, justifiably, Russia a terrorist state. Russians will call Ukraine a terrorist state. Ukrainians are saying that the Russians are doing genocide against Ukrainians in Ukraine. Russians will say that Ukrainians are doing genocides against Russians in Ukraine, etc., etc. So this is, this, is, um, this is what is happening. Another detail, very important detail from this quote by Andrei Medvedev is that uh, he said Ukraine is such a collective Basayev. And for you to remember Shamil Basayev is that uh, a person who is kind of an embodiment for the Russian regime of the Chechen terrorism. And um, this link between Ukraine and Chechnya, Ichkeria, is also, I think, very important for many different reasons because Basically, the war in Chechnya was a preparation in many aspects to other wars. Uh, Russia is telling itself, look, uh, we are waging a war against Chechnya to protect Russia's territorial integrity. And afterwards, we will invade Georgia and we will invade Ukraine because these are our territories. These are former Russia. So the war against Ukraine is a more large-scale version of the war against Chechnya. And uh, the tactics used in Chechnya, this horrible cruelty, this destruction of the whole cities, is actually uh, also presented in Ukraine, also uh, replicated in Ukraine. It was replicated in Syria with the same narratives that Russia is waging the war against terrorists because all the opponents to the Assad regime were, were called terrorists, and the same with Ukraine. Why it is needed by Russian propagandists? Of course, to dehumanize. It's one of the key elements of the Russian propaganda, to dehumanize your enemy and to make killing of your enemy uh, a morally acceptable, something you will not uh, judge, some, something you will not condemn. We should keep that in mind. So calling Ukraine a terrorist state is a direct, actually, um, direct step to the genocidal propaganda. And maybe the last chapter of our conversation, all these humiliating and derogatory words that Russian propaganda is using against Ukraine. Nastya will ask you to make an, a tour 
around these words and to explain and to tell us what are these um, what are these words that Russian propaganda is actually using? Such words are only present in Russian propaganda, and it's possible to see them literally everywhere, in the headlines, in texts of news, uh, people in TV shows and newscasts uh, do not hesitate to say them. What's also interesting, they use um, Ukrainian words, pronouncing them in a distorted manner, to show, show their disdain to Ukraine and to Ukrainian language, to mock at Ukraine. And um, when they use Ukrainian words, which exist, really exist in Ukrainian language, they do it in such a sarcastic manner. For example, one of the most uh, widespread words they use is nezalezhne, which translates into English like independent. They distort the pronunciation of this word and they... Um, sarcastically say something about Ukraine when they call it nezalezhne or independent. And um, I can give you an example of one of the uh, headlines uh, on news website live.ru. Uh, it's a considerably new one. It's from 2nd March uh, this year. And this headline says, Scalp of nezalezhne, uh, what the Pentagon hinted at Ukraine, demanding payment. Uh, the very similar um, similar headline uh, was also present in Komsomolskaya Pravda.ru. It was uh, on 5th of March this year. Uh, it says, against the backdrop of Zelensky's statements about delivering, delivering Ukraine from corruption, new scandals broke out in Nezalezhne. Um, they also use the word nenka, which is very nice word in Ukrainian language, and, and it means uh, mommy, mother. But they use this word to show disdain to Ukraine, and they use it in uh, such a um, humiliating manner. Uh, for example, um, one of the correspondents on Russian TV, Matvey Shostakov, for the program in the center of events with, with Anna Prokhorova, it's an analytical news program which is issued uh, on the week, uh, weekly basis. Uh, uh, in, uh, on 11th of November 2022, he told, in general, Nenka is now the navel of the world, such a model of the Ukrainian-centric world. And in this yellow-black parallel, uh, yellow-blue parallel universe, there are laws, orders, but most importantly, philosophy. Or, for example, one of the headlines on Vestiru website from it, it traces back to 2020. It told from the Sumerians to Gorbachev, the Ukrainian military uh, ministry of culture ordered a crazy clip about the history of Nenka. So we see that they use Ukrainian words just to be sarcastic about Ukraine. One of the most widespread humiliating and derogatory uh, words uh, Russians use towards Ukrainians is hohols. Um, and they use it in different variations and they use it to call Ukraine in different ways. For example, hohholstan or hohlandia. Or when they want to say in Ukraine, instead they can say hoholes have. Uh, for example, uh, this notorious Sergei Mardan, whom we uh, talked about today, uh, in one uh, in, in his telegram, again, he posted um, a comment. It was in May 2022. And he told that Hohols have a national holiday on occasion of Angelina Jolie's visit. Uh, or uh, 
Solovyov, Vladimir Solovyov, also in his Telegram channel, reposted um, text uh, where um, this word was again used, which reads, it is quite possible that in the eyes of the French president, president Hochlandia is something like Algeria, Gabon, or Marquesas Islands. So it's so humiliating, and that's how they are trying to show disdain to Ukraine. But in fact, uh, it's also a sign of their weakness because they're using just fancy words uh, to address people and other countries. Yes, indeed. And, uh, well, maybe this is a typical story of the war, that during the war, during a major conflict, the sides are trying to mock the other side's language and to avoid the the decent words and to use the words which are actually uh, presenting the other in a, in a not decent way. Hohol Khakhli is uh, obviously a very old designation of Ukrainians uh, by the Russians. Mm, Ukrainians also have some uh, not very pleasant designations of Russians, of course. But it's interesting that uh, they're really trying to use the the concepts such as Nezalezhne or Nenka, which are actually very important for Ukraine, right? Nezalezhnist independence is a very important concept for Ukraine. Nenka is a very, uh, very um, interesting, uh, interesting and very tender word with which we actually um, call our mothers, but also our motherland. And uh, by denigrating maybe the most important, emotionally important words, they are indeed trying to denigrate the country as such. Thank you very much, Alona and uh, Nastya. This was a very interesting conversation. Uh, conversation about how Russians are presenting actually Ukraine in their propaganda. The work with the words is very important because through the words you actually mark the certain key emotions and certain key messages that therefore we try to focus on this in this conversation. This was a podcast explaining Ukraine and our serious propaganda diary. Uh, I was... I was actually doing this conversation with Alona Hrishko and Anastasia Hrasimchuk, analysts at Ukraine World. Ukraine World is a website in English about Ukraine. Explaining Ukraine is, is our key podcast. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to us. Don't forget to support us at patreon.com slash Ukraine World. You can also support our volunteer trips to the front line at paypalukraine.resisting.gmail.com. Stay with us and stand with Ukraine. Thank you.